If we have a pet in our lives, then unfortunately, at some point, there will come a time when we need to make a really difficult decision. And today's question is all about how to speak to your children if your pet's life is coming to an end. Welcome to Call the Vet, the show that answers all your dog and cat questions so they can live healthier, happier lives. And here's your host, veterinarian, Dr. Alex Avery. Welcome to the 34th episode of Call the Vet. I'm Dr. Alex and I'm the veterinarian behind ourpetshealth.com and my aim is to answer any questions you have about your dog's health, about your cat's health, how to keep them healthy in the first place or how to make difficult decisions when they're unwell and that's what we're talking about today. But before we get into that, I'm really grateful that you're here spending your time with me. Welcome along. If you do enjoy the show, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast so that you don't miss out on all of the future questions. And you can even get your question answered simply by heading over to callthevet.org, filling in the form, submitting your question, and I'll answer that in an upcoming episode. Get your questions answered at callthevet.org. We've got a really difficult topic to talk about today. And this question was sent in by Jennifer, who has an 11-year-old chocolate Labrador who has arthritis in her back. She's also got polyneuropathy and pharyngeal paralysis. And um, Jennifer writes, we're taking her to the vet in the morning to discuss options about making her life more comfortable. When we ultimately decide to put her to sleep, how do we explain and comfort our eight-year-old son when we would be grieving her also? So, you know, unfortunately, the reality of having a dog or a cat or any other pet in our lives is that their life is shorter than ours. And we will at some point in the future be faced with a really difficult decision to make. Unfortunately, it's very uncommon that a dog or a cat passes away in their sleep uh, without having suffered for a significant period of time before that. And I do believe that the act of euthanasia is actually a real privilege that we have our pets, they can't understand why they're feeling terrible, why they're feeling painful, why they're feeling unwell, why they're feeling drained or tired. And if they've got, especially as the case is with Jennifer's dog, if they've got a number of long-term conditions that we know aren't going to get better with time, then we need to jump in before they're suffering and make that decision to put them to sleep. So, you know, I'm sorry that you're having to go through this, this Jennifer. Um, but there's definitely, I, I hope, something that we can 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 do to help you make this difficult decision, this challenging time, that little bit easier. So the first thing is, is well done for for kind of going into your vet to discuss the options for palliative care because you know, depending on what treatment she's currently on, it might be that there are certain steps that you can take. There's certain treatment that you can start or different management strategies that you can do just to help her be comfortable and happy for that much longer. Um, you know, it's important to really have an honest discussion with your vet about her current and likely future quality of life um, because if, you know, her quality of life is currently poor and the chances of that improving to a significant level is low, then, you know, it's really important to think, is it worth while putting her through that while you wait to see if the drugs will you know will work we've always got to have our pet's best interest at heart rather than kind of clinging on to their life because we want them around for that much longer so a big regret that I hear from people in the consult room when they come and see me especially if they're they're coming in for that euthanasia appointment is that they've had had in the past held on to their pet for too long they 
look back with the benefit of hindsight and obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing and we really shouldn't be beating ourselves up if we're just judging our actions on hindsight alone but with the benefit of hindsight they recognised that they held on for for too long before and that their pet was suffering for longer than they needed to so you know that's definitely something to, to to think about now if the time has sadly come to you know to save her from further suffering anymore then I'd be talking to your son really about how she's in pain, how she's not happy, how she is starting to suffer. And even though she is putting on a brave front to please you all, it's just got too much. So Labradors especially, but a lot of our pets, they will put on a brave face. They will struggle through, you know, if we're thinking about, oh, well, they're still eating or they're still wagging their tail. Those aren't necessarily the end points that we need to be looking at to say things have gone too far. So I'd be really talking you know, one-on-one to your son in a quiet environment, in a familiar, safe environment that they're comfortable in, they're happy in, and free from any distractions so that you can really focus on what needs to be said um, without yeah, other distract- distractions, without the risk of people interrupting you, and in a safe place as well so that your son um, and if you you know, any child you've got uh, can can feel comfortable to, to show their emotions without worries of people walking in and being in an uncomfortable place. Also, you know, explain how um, the veterinarian and the family, you know, you have done everything possible to treat her and to keep her as comfortable as possible. But unfortunately, you know, we can't turn the clock back. We can't reverse the aging process. And the time has come when everything is starting to build up and she's starting to really, really struggle. So if your son can actually recognise how much she is struggling and, and can recognise, can can kind of put your finger on certain aspects that she really is struggling. So maybe she always used to be really energetic, but now she doesn't want to play. Maybe she always used to jump up, up onto the sofa, but now she's not able to jump up onto the sofa. Maybe she always used to um, kind of come running to the doorway when you arrive back home, but now she's stopped doing that. If there are specific things that you can put your finger on and, and give an example of how that struggling is manifesting itself, then that will just help um, help him to understand that you're actually saving her from a future a future life filled with pain and that rather than being a negative act that the act of euthanasia is actually a decision filled with kindness and made with a lot of love and that it means that rather than suffer and rather than having a long drawn out um end if you like the act of euthanasia actually means that she'll just slip away um, and that she will die peacefully and also explaining that it's not a painful procedure it's not a maybe a violent procedure when you, it depends on what your child's um, kind of experiences are and, and what their thought processes are and their emotional maturity and things like that but it might be that you think of euthanasia as a, a really violent painful act but explaining that that's not the case explaining how it's going to happen how it's the case of being given an injection of an, an anesthetic agent and maybe a sedation beforehand and it's just drifting off to sleep and everything stops and the body is is released if you like so it's not painful i think that's an important thing to to discuss as well and then the other thing you need to think about is hard whether uh, they should actually be present during the euthanasia itself it's certainly a personal uh, you know a very personal opinion and you'll know your child better you know better than your vet but have a chat to your vet uh you know have a have a chat to your child certainly don't force them if they don't want to be there absolutely you shouldn't force them to be there because it can be distressing even though it is a gentle release it can be a very distressing event especially if you're very emotional um you know putting that onto your child especially when they don't want to be there is maybe not the the most appropriate aspect and it would be better for them to um, say goodbye beforehand um, so that they kind of have that happy memory of saying goodbye in a peaceful environment 
you also want to let them grieve. So kind of letting them cope with uh, helping them cope with losing their pets and having your pet dog or cat euthanized. It's really important to let them grieve because grieving is a normal, absolutely normal, natural process. And we grieve our pets just as we would grieve uh, other family members. In some cases, we we grieve them an awful lot more because they're part of our life on a daily basis. Whereas with distant relatives, you know, you'll be seeing them from time to time. um, And so you may not have and certainly your child may not have quite as close a bond to actually to their human family as they do to their pet, especially if that pet has been ever present in their life. So have a remembrance ceremony, draw some pictures, write some poems, make a scrapbook of happy memories with your pet. That will help them to remember and help them to grieve. There's normal stages of grief, denial, so refusing to believe that the pet has died or refusing to believe that that, that the act of euthanasia is something that is required. They can be develop anger, so that can be directed between to, to you as the parents and the decision maker towards the vet um, and especially if euthanasia has been the case rather than dying then that's a possibility bargaining you know trying to bargain their way out of it if you like guilt so blaming themselves for not being able to do more for their for their pet or for causing them to dive and they might uh, kind of assume that an action that they did caused their pet to be unwell so that's an important thing to discuss with them to un- to help them understand that it's not their fault nothing that they did could have prevented this and actually everything that they did was was helping their pet your you know your pet be as happy and be as healthy as possible but unfortunately things just got too much and it was through no fault of their own um you know there might be as well guilt for feeling that they should have known something was wrong sooner but again talking them through that depression is another thing that can happen so your child might become withdrawn they can also regress in their behavior as well so you know even go back a few years if you like in their behavior with thumb sucking and and that kind of thing so that's you know something to accept is completely normal and then acceptance is kind of that final stage of grief where they're able to accept that that has happened remember the good times and look back you know look look back at the past but also look towards the future and and this is where the the scrapbooks the pictures and all that kind of thing can help them remember the happy times as well it's important to give your child permission to grieve let them know that it's okay to be experiencing these mixed emotions and it may be that they've never experienced these things before so it shouldn't you know it shouldn't be something that they feel like they have to hide and also let them know that you know how you are feeling let them know that you're feeling sad that you're missing missing your dog um, or your cat share stories about your pet let them know that other people are feeling the same way and it's all right to be feeling that way and it's all right to express those emotions so it's going to be a hard situation to deal with it's going to be hard for everyone but being involved in and understanding the experience that's going on is really an important lesson for your child to learn and it's one that can be a real benefit when it comes to developing emotional intelligence um, later on in life and also helping them to cope with loss later in life because unfortunately part of life is losing people and pets that are close to you so going through that experience rather than hiding it away you know is really important for future you know future development and future coping strategies as well now that's all kind of different things that you can do to help break in that decision if you like to your child help them be involved in that decision help them kind of take ownership if you like and feel that their their feelings aren't being ignored as well as helping them cope 
with the grief and with the loss of your pet after that euthanasia has happened. There are a few things that really we need to be avoiding when we're dealing with this topic with our children. So the first is to say that your pet has run away, it's gone on a trip or a visit, because what will happen here is that your child is likely to wait and look forward to them coming back. And that's really not fair um, and that can definitely backfire. Blaming the vet is certainly not another thing to to do. It's very unfair on your vet. And I've certainly had people ask me if I can say to the child that, um, you know, something else happened. But I think that's very unfair. And also with um, kind of with a, a, an eye to the future, if you blame the vet for your dog or your cat dying, then that can lead to a fear of or distrust of vets in the future with future pets. They're not going to maybe seek veterinary care for their own pet pets when they get older and so you can be doing a real disservice to kind of future animals as well in the question you said to put put to sleep and that is a euphemism that we use um going to sleep uh we really want to be avoiding euphemisms like this though when we're talking to young children because it can lead to confusion. They're not going to understand that that means that they're going to die. So we do really need to use words like die, dying, death, dead. Um, you know, there's nice ways to, to be putting all of these things, but I don't think we want to be beating around the bush. We want to be using the proper words rather than putting to sleep or going to sleep because as well as leading to confusion, it can also lead to a fear of a link between going to sleep and dying and we definitely don't want that to be you know to, to be something that your child is thinking about you know if you're then saying oh I feel tired I'm gonna just go to sleep um, your child might then suddenly panic that you're going to die and they're never going to see you again so you can see that that can be really quite confusing certainly to a younger child anyway um, you know you'll know your child better and if they understand that um, as they get older then you know it may be that you're more comfortable using the euphemisms but you know don't be afraid of saying you know dying dead death I'm dead, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, don't delay the conversation. So if you know that something's coming up, um, you know, and this is especially going to be the case in a in a dog or cat who has got a long term condition that's slowly getting worse, then bring up the, the the potential for what will happen in the future at an early stage because that will give your child time to process the information and time to accept that that is something that needs to happen and and become more comfortable with that decision being made. Also, don't dismiss grief or don't try and minimise it and by saying things like, oh, they were just a dog or they were just a cat. Or even if, you know, it's a, a hamster or a um, rodent or a fish or anything, you know, don't say, oh, they were just a whatever because that just minimizes the the relationship that your child has with them and and children can form very close relationships to 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 any living creature so they spend a lot of time with them they'll be talking to them they will develop a real bond so don't dismiss that grief don't dismiss that relationship and try and minimize it you know really recognize that you know recognize what they're going through recognize that that grief you know although you might think it's just a goldfish just a, a small um, mouse recognize that that grief may be actually very intense for your child um, you know they go through a lot together and they can be real companions also the final thing is don't get to new pets straight away as a replacement so you don't want to teach them that animals are just disposable or they're really easily replaceable also bonding might be quite hard you want to you want to wait until your child maybe starts to mention and starts to seriously seriously suggest that they would like to get to another pet you know don't talk about them as a replacement for their previous pet because no dogs are going to be the same no cats are going to be the same even if they're from the same breeder um, they're going to be different personalities and they're going to be very much different individuals so you don't want to have that kind of replacement 
mindset. Um, but equally, you know, you're going to want to think or you're likely to want to think about getting a new pet. But you also want to wait until your child's worked their way through that grief and they're in that acceptance phase when they can look towards the future and look towards getting a new pet. So I hope that helps you uh, kind of with some strategies to talk to your family about one of the most difficult decisions, if not the most difficult decision and the most difficult time of owning a pet. If you are wanting some more information about maybe when the right time is to make that decision to euthanize, um, as well as palliative care options that can be appropriate and can help extend both the quantity of your pet's life as well as the quality of life, and that quality of life is the absolute most important thing, then make sure you check out the links in the show notes. I've got a few other pieces that go into real depth about those topics um remember too that if you do enjoy these podcast episodes so they're not all as serious as this this is a very important thing and it's something that definitely every family should think about um but yeah make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss out on those future future episodes you can also get your question answered at callthevet.org which is where you'll find all of the show notes but until next time i'm dr alex this is call the vet take care you've been listening to call the vet Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and we'll see you on the next episode of the show that answers all of your pet questions.